Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Amy and Zoe proudly present our spectacular festival show of Disney magic and imagination in vibrant melodic audio and electrosynthetic magnetic musical sound. The Bibbidi Bobbidi Buzz Podcast. I'm still not jaded by our intro. It still elicits happiness and excitement and jubilance. It's our second time hearing it. We might not be saying the same thing come episode 12 or 13. If we get there. Yeah. If we get there. I mean, we did one. We got one episode on our belts, Amy. Yeah. And I think it went really well. A little long. But, you know, I think we, we introduced ourselves to our audience. All five of you. Thank you very much for listening so very much to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Buzz podcast. I'm Amy, and I am half of the hosting duties of this podcast. Oh no, you're the you're the main host. I'm just <laughs> I'm just window dressing here, and I'm Lorenzo Rodriguez, and and I'm the other co-host of this this fine podcast here. So we are excited. Obviously, with every month that we do this, I think we're just going to get kind of more streamlined and what what our vision is. But we appreciate all of you guys who are listening to us, and we are excited to start today's Disney Buzz with some exciting news coming out of. Disney World and out of the Disney universe. So today's first Disney buzz comes with park news. So for those of you who've been kind of watching what's been going on around the holidays, both Disneyland and Walt Disney World have had an abundant amount of visitors in the last um, basically month leading up to the holidays. And one of the biggest kind of controversies, I think, in 2023 has been Genie Plus and the replacement of the FastPass system. So for those of you who might not be aware, I miss um, Fast Pass. I, I really know. Do. I who really didn't do. love? It was free, first off. <laughs> well, do you remember back like running around the park to mm-hmm. physically get the passes, yep. right? Absolutely. So I think during COVID, it gave Disney a beat to kind of figure out how are we going to revamp the system. By the way, there's one one insider tidbit here that uh that at the time you weren't supposed to tell anybody, but now Fast Pass is long gone. The machines had a button in the back. So if they ever jammed or if you didn't, if you couldn't get your get ticket, your back. like I'd get that every once in a while, like guests would be like, oh no, we got three of our four tickets for, for Fast Pass. What do we do? And I'm like, I can't print one out. So you just go to the back and there's a little button. You're not supposed to let anyone see you pressing the button, but there's You're a little- giving away the magic. Well, what do you, I would tap on the top. I'd be like, tap, tap. And then all of a sudden a ticket would be like, oh my goodness, how do you do that? Oh, yeah. Well, magic. Disney magic. But during COVID, it kind of allowed Disney to take a beat and kind of rethink the system. And the Genie, the current Genie Plus acts similar to, I feel like, the old FastPass system in the sense that you're doing one ride, cashing it in, and then you get to pick your next one. A lot of people don't like it. Emphasis on cash in. Yeah. You have to it's buy a price, it. which yeah. is kind of the story here is that. Um, it hit an all-time high in the last week, and this was. It started in October of 2021. This week, though, we saw ticket prices super high. Animal Kingdom it was $29. Hollywood Studios was at 35. Epcot was at 32. Um, I mean, the multi-park option and Magic Kingdom were both set at 39. So pretty expensive if you're walking in there with a family of four. You know, it's 160 bucks a day to basically cut the line and you're not even cutting the line on all the rides because for those of you who don't know 
Disney not only has Genie Plus, they also have Lightning Lanes and they have virtual queues and they have all of these different kinds of Lightning Lanes are different from Genie Plus. Yes. Oh. Yes. So yeah, I, I never experienced Lightning Lanes, but yes. So I, know of, I thought they were the precursor to Genie Plus, but no, they're still around. So for example, let's take Rise of the Resistance or Guardians of the Galaxy or you know some of those rides. Yeah, just take the two rides I haven't been on yet. <laughs> they they have other options. You're not going to find those on Genie Plus. So for Guardians of the Galaxy, you would virtual queue that at 7 a.m. You may or may not get a, a ticket on. So you could have paid for a park day at Epcot and might not even be able to ride Guardians. Yeesh. Yeah. And then you might have another ride, for example, that you can pay for a lightning lane to solidify your ability to ride that ride. Mm. So you have these kind of different options. So having Genie Plus, I do think this is something that Disney is really listening to people who are at the parks and looking at new ways to evolve it. But yes, it did hit an all-time high over the holidays. And in general, these parks were booming with people. I'm still seeing crowds at a pretty large amount. I personally don't like to experience Disney in that way. In their their defense, this is the busiest time of the year, like hands down, yes. uh, the holidays, uh, end of the year, the, the winter break. It's the the worst. It's advisable not to go at the time, but it's also probably the best time to go because of just the, the magic, ridiculous yeah. fireworks displays for the new year and also all the holiday yeah, events and bonuses. Yeah. But yes, if you're walking into a park like that and want to buy Genie Plus, you Probably had a little sticker shock at Walt Disney World this week because of how high the prices were. I, see, I went recently for a day and used Genie Plus because I thought, you know what? I'm here with my daughter for one day. It was a quick, honestly, a jaunt just to just to get a quick fix. And I got Genie Plus. And the one thing I regretted about it is that you pay for it. But then there's certain rides, the premium, top notch ones, Rise of the Resistance, all the big ticket ones you had to pay extra for. Yeah, I mean, it helped. For the other rides to kind of streamline the day a little bit. But at the, at the end of the day, I probably wouldn't have done it again. Which I'm going to give a shameless plug for a second. Okay. Because some of you know, I am a travel expert. Are you? Yes. You are? I'm a travel expert for Disney. And I do help book and help my clients with all of this stuff. And one of the amazing perks of using a travel expert is our ability to help you with the app and help you with Genie Plus. So for me and my clients out there who are listening... Um, and future clients that might be, that is a service that you would get with a travel expert. We will help you with those type of aspects of your vacation. Especially for, I would say, uh, thinking out loud here, for older folks, where now it's all app-based. Yeah. A lot of it has become, it's starting to wane a little bit. They're trying to, I guess, get away from that, I think. Or at least for the for park reservations, right? Yes, that's, park reservations are that, Thankfully, away. that's out the window. There was a time, uh, up until now, actually, mm-hmm. that... You had to reserve. This is, this is a holdover from COVID times, right? We had mm-hmm. to monitor how many people were actually going in the park. So you had to reserve a day in the park, which if you're like me, sometimes it does the park hopper option. And, and there were it. horror stories where people would walk yep. up thinking like, I've spent all this money yep. and didn't have a park reservation. But yes, that is kind of my plug as to why you'd want to use a travel expert because we're kind of there to help navigate through this. But that's that's a really big story. I feel like that's coming out of the park world, out of Walt Disney World, especially. Um, Another really great thing that has been happening at Walt Disney World is Animal Kingdom has been in the news recently. One, we have a new elephant there, was recently born, super exciting. But Animal Kingdom has made really great efforts um, since its opening to not be like a traditional zoo. One of the ways that they're really always expanding this, and I don't know if any of you watch on Disney Plus, 
National Geographic has a kind of like behind the scenes show all about Animal Kingdom. But one of the amazing things that they are doing is they're collaborating with Disney Imagineering to create cutting edge techniques of 3D printers and different ways to monitor the animals and also engage them both mentally and physically. So for example, um, they created like a cheetah ball that mimics the, the movement of prey for a cheetah to get them to be excited about this kind of like fake prey. They also saw the utilization in the gorilla habitats. They were using like holiday wrappings and presents to uh, simulate the behavior of you know, foraging for food. So one thing that I always applaud Animal Kingdom with and Disney with is that they really do try to do everything to the to the best degree for these animals. And I really think that that's another great innovation that they've been able to do. And so if you're looking for a fun show to watch with your kids, Disney Plus, um, it's called The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. And it does a whole behind the scenes. And I think the first season was narrated by... Josh Gad, and it was just really fun um, to Josh listen Gad to him doing you know? everything. Olaf narrates. Uh, <laughs> Olaf narrates. I was going to say like <laughs> Jane Goodall or somebody, no, but no, 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 Olaf. So that's really cool. So Over I think him. that's a really cool thing to kind of come out of it. And if you're a nerd and you enjoy the educational components of Disney, Animal Kingdom is definitely a to do on your list, especially with the safari um, aspect. So that's definitely really cool to do. So I think we want to move, and we're going to talk a little bit about. Well, there's, right. Yeah, there's a big, there's a big story. Here. This is a biggie. Yeah. So if any of our listeners know copyright law, you'll probably know what, what's coming here. But there's a very big piece of IP, intellectual property, that's about to hit the public domain. Most notably, you might remember last year's infamous Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey movie. Yes, it was a horror movie based on the beloved fat little bear <laughs> that we all love that A.A. Milne created 95 years ago. Yeah. So as a result of that, Winnie the Pooh was introduced into the public domain, meaning anyone and everyone almost can use it for their own financial gain. And, and one indie horror studio did just that with Winnie the Pooh and Piglet too. And Piglet. And Piglet. So which is interesting because Tigger who's a very popular character in this Winnie the Pooh franchise. He was mm -hmm. not part of the original storyline. Correct. So he has the same copyright as Steamboat Willie and Minnie Mouse, who came out in the same year. Yes. So you're going to be seeing both Steamboat Willie and, and Minnie come out, and you're going to have Tigger. That's well. huge because that's November of, of 1928. Steamboat Willie debuted and premiered. And 95 years, we've hit it. We're here. And I think what's interesting here is that Disney is constantly evolving. Another great Disney Plus documentary that you could spend time on is there's one all about the history of Mickey Mouse. And Disney himself and the company has constantly evolved this character. So this public domain only covers this version That's of Mickey. That's a very important caveat. It's only Steamboat Willie yes. Mickey, not... Not Silly Symphonies, Mickey, yeah. not current day Mickey, no. not sort of not even Mickey, the classic yeah. Mickey that's on, I think, uh, on the, like the infamous T-shirt. Yeah. It's got I think it's got to have the little steamboat hat and black and white and the whole shebang. But yeah, it's a big one because it, it is. We're, um, we've already seen what people are doing with, with other beloved uh, works. And it's only going to get more frequent because I was looking it up. We've got Bugs Bunny coming up in a few years. Superman. Another beloved icon is also going to be 
thrown into the public domain. And that's that one. I mean, Superman, Superman, Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny. There are different variations. I'm, it's going to be very interesting to see how litigious these studios get. In this case, Disney with this pretty much iconic character and what people, what liberties people take with this new wrinkle in copyright protection. The one thing that Disney does retain the right though on is they get to defend their trademarks. So it's Mm. not something that people could um, infringe upon. So it is important to see that sometimes the characters are different than the companies um, and the image that they portray. So it's, it's definitely going to be something. Minor tweaks. You'll see minor variations, but. You'll see some Steamboat Willie variants out there. For sure. For sure. Okay. So we are ready for the big buzz. So we now buzzing? We're, we're buzzing. We're, we're big buzzing? We have a big buzz. We have a big topic this week. Um, so with every podcast, we're hoping to center our podcast around a big topic. So we went over kind of our little news or Disney news, and now we're going to hit the big buzz. And I'm really excited about this topic this week. This is a huge, huge, huge um, event events that happen at disney which are this is is year round year round this is the epcot festivals so i'm excited today to talk about all of the epcot festivals and what they really can do for you as somebody who visits epcot at walt disney world which by the way let's let's start off by saying epcot doesn't get enough credit and enough respect it's high on my list i'm not gonna i'm not gonna start ranking my parks but i have a an affinity towards epcot because I believe in its mission. I believe in what it teaches. I like looking ahead into the future and the, and also celebrating our present and our cultural differences. And I think for most people, Epcot is at the top of their list when they go to Walt Disney World behind Magic Kingdom. It's just an iconic park. It is the second oldest park. For anybody who really is a Disney fan, Epcot does stand for something. Ooh, can I? Yes, you, you, do you, it. Can you do it off the top of your head? I I have it. Okay. If you want to announcement. It's the experimental. I don't have to look. I know this. (laughs) The experimental prototype community of tomorrow. Uh, The story behind Epcot and its creation. It originally was a brainchild of of Waltz uh, when they were starting a big Florida project. You had the Magic Kingdom, which is the the centerpiece, the crown jewel of Walt Disney parks and resorts. And, And then you had this new thing that Walt had this crazy idea of creating a city, a futuristic city where science and technology would meet. In his mind, I think it, it seemed like building a utopia. It would have been a little cult too, but... Do you know what Magic Kingdom Ride has? His first plans as ooh, a part of the ride? Ooh, I like this. Um, uh, for Epcot? So it's in... The, the prototype is actually in of, this of ride. Epcot is in the ride. At Magic ooh, Kingdom. this is a good one. You got, I think you stumped me here. Uh, and it's in Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. Oof. It's not, I was going to say the, no, is it? It's my husband's favorite ride. Oh, I know this one. It's the, uh, the people mover. Yes, the people mover. The people mover. Yeah. So when you're on the people mover, you'll actually see this kind of like giant example. Um, That's right. That's which right. Which doesn't look like today's Epcot, but was no, the like original. Yeah. Yeah. Futuristic city. It kind of looks like it's a huge yeah. steeple in the middle and yeah. big tower in the middle. So yeah. Epcot for most people they think about it, and I think even as kids, right? Wait, why, why is this your husband's favorite ride? He loves <laughs> taking a rest there. <laughs> There's so many other and here's a low-key, fun, a fun, relaxing rides yeah. and attractions. Oh, no, no. Here's a fun fact. So a few weeks ago, I was in Disney, and we were there for the very Merry Christmas party. <laughs> it was torrential downpours. Oh, my, well, yeah. That's that's when you get on the people mover <laughs> ASAP. I'm there with my other travel experts, and I'm going to shout out to Kelly because she, <laughs> she was with me. Kelly and I 
asked the attendant at People Mover. We went around three times to avoid the rain. We're like, can we just go again? Can we go again? And every time she's like, sure, you can stay on. And we got to stay on and avoid a lot of rain. And we got some really good pictures. Could have gone on the Carousel Progress, no, a, a, an OG classic. I ate my popcorn and it was great. I love that ride. But back to Epcot. So Epcot for a lot of people growing up, I feel like was like, oh, it's the educational park. And mm -hmm. that's exactly kind of the premise of Epcot is there are rides there. There are experiences there are that are meant to have this educational component. So it's evolved. Yeah. To, to its credit, the Epcot of my childhood is not the Epcot of today. No. I mean, they, I think they realized that there was a definite need for more, not intense attractions, but just attractions in general. Uh, for a long time, it was Spaceship Earth. It was um, the the Norwegian experience, which I loved. <laughs> I looked back, today, back over the falls. The today trolls. Today now is frozen. Today is frozen. Yeah, yeah which I hear is, is a banger. I love it. Uh, yeah. You got Cosmic Rewind. There, yeah. There's new attractions there, and that was a big component I was missing. But, but still that educational core mm -hmm. is there, which lent itself to Epcot to be a great park for these festivals. So Epcot currently hosts four unique different festivals throughout their year um, with different food offerings, entertainment, activities. It also has limited time merchandise that goes along with each of them. They have different booths and stops along the way throughout the park that you can see. And what I really love about this experience, and this year I was lucky, I did every festival this year. So I really got to embrace what each one got to offer. When you walk in, you can either stop at a booth or you can pop into a store and you can ask them for the reference guide for the festival in which it will give you a little book of all the different shops and different things that you can find at that festival. Or you can look at through your My Disney Experience app to kind of take you through things. So mm. what I'm excited about today is we're going to kind of talk about some of the things you get with the festival and some of the things you can look forward to. But let's start off with some things that are consistent amongst all of the festivals. So all of the festivals feature food and beverage booths that are exclusive to that festival. So those menus are constantly changing. They are not like the permanent restaurants there. They are usually um, adjacent to what the festival is about. So they'll have like fun, creative, um, you know, kind of takes on things. So for example, for the, the festival of holidays, if you are in the... Um, they had a different booths that were kind of representative of different cultures. So there's like potato latkes to represent the Jewish faith. Um, nice. And they had like a chocolate martini in France to tie into the Christmas theme. So there's different things at these booths that represent each different festival. There are different exclusive performances at the America Gardens Theater. This is such a hidden gem at the festivals. <laughs> I am obsessed with I was, them. I was going to say... I, I'm guilty as charged. When we get to the American experience, I think it's called. Yes. <laughs> I, I kind of kind of like do a quick gloss over it, but it, it does have some hidden gems. They have a stage set up there. Yes. And they do always uh, a number of live music events. And, yeah. and in this case, there's special performances during that time. But And the performances are free. If you are a, you know, Epcot, Epcotians, as they say in Cosmic <laughs> Rewind. Um, Is that really? Yeah, we're, that's we're, what they say. Epcotians. Epcotians. And you can wait in a line and you can sit there or you can do a dining package and get a guaranteed seat. So, for example, Festival of the Arts, they have uh, Disney on Broadway. So all the performers are from Broadway Love Disney it. shows and have songs from those shows. Have you seen any of the Broadway shows on Broadway? Yes. 
Which ones? I've seen Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Mary Poppins, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. Is that all of them? Oh, well, Newsies. Mm-hmm. I didn't see no- you Newsies. Got, you, you got Newsies and you got- I didn't see Tarzan. Tarzan's now on, on Broadway? Well, it used been to be. Oh. It was a flop. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's talk of Hercules is the next one to come out. So Ooh, okay. for that All one. Right. So that I'll one is that for one. Festival of Arts. Flower and Garden, they have their series is called Garden Rocks, and they tend to be former rock style bands. So like bands of the past, you know, like oh. think of like 80s rock bands, yep. you know what I mean? Kind of coming around. Food and Wine Festival is Eat to the Beat. And so those ones, we <laughs> saw Boys to Men. When Andy and I were there. Get out of here. Wait, yeah. the actual boys yes. were, were, what? Yes. Now, That's awesome. we we were there and um, when we did the Food and Wine Half Marathon, so we saw them in passing, but I know Joey Fatone's been there from NSYNC. They've Joey had, Fatone's always there. Yeah, and he's great. Joey. They had 98 Degrees. So, I mean, they Ooh. had some, like, you know, Without Nick that, Lachey or with Nick Lachey? With Nick Lachey. Get out. Yeah, it's not like a Justin Timberlake Get out of here. Yeah. And then Festival of the Holidays is my ultimate favorite candlelight processional which Mm. is amazing so all the festivals you will get a performance at them you can do a paid scavenger hunt this is $9.99 plus tax but it is a super cool thing if you have kids so each of the festivals have these like fun hiding characters throughout Epcot that your kids can find and then once they find them they get the sticker to go with them once you collect enough stickers then you get to turn your scavenger hunt in for a free prize. So when we did this for food and wine, Jack found all the Remy's around the world. A Ratatouille fame. The Ratatouille fame. And then he got a free lunch box. That's from pretty it. good. Well, free is saying quotes because we did pay $9.99. But <laughs> it was really fun and it kept him busy and engaged. Yeah, it's while a little extra layer to stuff. your experience. Yeah. So you have Remy for Remy for, for food and wine. Food and wine. You have Olaf for Festival of the Holidays. Nice. Figment for the arts. And then yeah. um, Following Garden is called Pollination. And theirs is like a little bee. He's he's. The Wait, are we talking about the Donald Duck nemesis? The little bee that, that Donald like, Yeah, yellow and with. black. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, that one. So that's really fun. And then the last thing you get with all of the festivals is unique decorations throughout the park. So each festival is embedded into the park decorations. And we'll talk a little bit more about what each different festival has to offer. But majority of the year, there's some sort of festival going on. And I think that that's really important to know in your planning process, because if you really want to go to a festival, great. If you don't want to go to a festival, you want to know that, those That dates. is very important. You mentioned that because if you by chance, per chance, end up randomly picking a food and wine festival weekend... You will not. Good luck. Yeah, you will not. Good luck. Yourself. That park is never more filled than it is for. Well, and you talked about weekends. this as a Florida resident. Mm-hmm. People come from around the state. South Floridians or just people in in the general vicinity plan for food and wine because it's. I mean, the, the Epcot's sometimes seen as the more adult park because it's not as kid friendly as other ones on the surface. But like I mentioned, park has changed dramatically and they've they've changed with the times, but. The, the adults that the Disney adults that that we know of, we don't we ourselves are not those other Disney adults. <laughs> um, go to the Food and Wine Festival because it's just an amazing time for if you're if you're a big foodie, if you're a big uh, wine, uh, beer, wine, beer, yeah, like a big thing for many adults to do during the rest of the year at Epcot is drink around the world. 
you go from pavilion to pavilion. There's one thing we didn't mention is the World Showcase. My favorite parts of Epcot are just the different pavilions and the countries there. But we park hop and we just, we go to Epcot. I have a drink or two, a drink, a drink at each pavilion. There's uh, what, in total there's 12, as I like to say. Countries? Yeah. Can you name them? Uh, ooh. Can I name them? In- start in Mexico. Well, I gotta We're start. Gonna, yeah, I gotta go. start the way that I, I oh, normally he, go for. He's for, a Canada person. He starts I, in Canada. Listen, there's a there is a there is a a perk here to doing Canada first. No, no offense to our neighbors to the north. They're literally like a few minutes yeah. away. Um, I love the Canadian Pavilion. There's a fantastic movie, uh, by narrated by Martin Short, one of Canada's finest. There's also Le Cellier. That's yes. where I, I amazing I, steakhouse. Amazing steakhouse with some great wines. Um, it's a little pricey I'm not, it's on the it's the four dollar signs maybe yeah but it's worth it it's so so good okay so, so we have canada. all right we have canada first yep then we've got the uk the yep. united, united kingdom uh by the way if you go there go check out the british invasion there are yeah. fantastic in the Beatles. back garden in the back garden yep. the Beatles tribute band known as the british invasion fantastic um also mary poppins frequents there yep. and all the all the, all the uk yeah. all the british and uh english characters are there then it's franz yep uh, then it's after that, it's in order. I'm going to say Morocco is mm-hmm. next. Mm-hmm. Then it's, ooh, is it, it's, it's, is it the American experience then? No. Or am I missing one more? Japan. Japan. Well, Japan's out. Oh, that's right. It's all the way over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. As you can see, I do a lot of drinking around the world. <laughs> so the memory is a little foggy, but all right. So Japan, yep. then the American experience. Yep. Then I'd like to, well, this was little known. It was the uh, African Outpost, which is a small little. That's not yet, though. No, no, no. It's oh, been they... there. It's a little tiny, tiny stop in between the American experience and. No, it's between Germany and China. Germany. What? So it's America, Italy. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It, uh, I know. Then uh, Germany. Okay. Then, then you have your African Outpost. Really? I thought, mm-hmm. okay. All right. Yep. The great thing about that in the, in the winter time, there's a fantastic seasonal that they rotate. I don't oh. know if it's still there anymore. I'm, I'm starting to draw a blank, but it was a little snowman topper. Um, I love it for like, they have the drums there. The kids yes, love yes, that yes. All right. So Italy, Germany, African Outpost, African Outpost China yep. for the PRC. Um, I'd like to say then Norway. Mm-hmm. And then Mexico. Mm-hmm. Is that, did I hit all of them? Yep. Mm-hmm. Out of order, but. 11 countries and then 12 is the African So 11 outpost. and then 12 is the African outpost. And like certain festivals have booths that represent other countries. Right. They'll bring in. That's the like thing there's like a Hawaii booth for Hawaii Kona food. Beers yes. And, there's yep. different ones like that. So kind of like now you can kind of get a visual of what we're dealing with. Let's start off with, in January, we are launching my favorite festival. We have the Festival of the Arts, usually beginning of January through mid to late February. It includes everything related to the arts. So it has food studios, chance to meet Disney artists and purchase Ooh. their artwork, which I love. Last year, I So this is where you home. can buy with cells yes. and prints. I bought two pieces of artwork. One was a Tower of Terror print um, that Jackson has, and then we have a Christmas print that I bring out at Christmas time. They have chalk artists, which are phenomenal. Um, They're usually on the walkway between Spaceship Earth and the World Showcase. 
You have a paint-by-number mural. A few years ago, we went um, in January and we got to paint the mural, which was fun. We have the Disney Broadway concert series, which we talked about. They have different photo opportunities with the memory maker. So Figment is like the official grand yeah. mascot of this festival. So Everyone's they have, favorite purple dinosaur. Yeah, they have Figment involved there. He does the scavenger hunt. So you would find different Figments throughout Epcot. What I think is such a cool event at this festival in Disneyland, more specifically Disney's California Adventure, they have Animation Academy, which is a fantastic experience. Wait, we used to have this in, the, in Walt Disney World. It was in Hollywood Studios, and you'd go behind the scenes, yeah. you'd paint your own cell. It was one of the things I remember so fondly. They brought this back at this festival. Yes. So during the day at the American Pavilion, there is an animation academy available to I people, love it. Love it. Which is fantastic. So for me, I really love the vibe of this festival. You have a lot of hands-on experiences, so it's a good time to bring kids. One, it's less crowded in January and February since the, the weather does drop a little bit in temperature. Um, I will always tell that to my to my clients because the last time we went in January, we froze. A friend of mine, Cheryl, and I had to buy jackets in Norway to stay warm. I mean, true story. Very apropos. Yeah. Um, so, th- but this one is by far my favorite festival. Just the the chance to meet with artists there. So every year I think that this is by far my favorite festival. I will be attending in three weeks. I am very excited about this one. Um, definitely one for the book. So that's the shortest festival of the year. And then we head into February, March, we transition to Flower and Garden Festival. Flower and Garden Festival is known for its famous topiaries, which are basically these like bushes that are shaped in beloved Disney characters and Pixar characters. Think of elaborate chia pets. Yes, very big. Um, And so this one is usually the longest festival because it does last for a few different months. And it has the outdoor kitchens. It has the Garden Rocks concert series. It has the Spikes Pollination Exploration Scavenger Hunt. And then a fan favorite is the Walkthrough Butterfly House. Mm. That is really cool for that festival. And it's just, if you're into gardens, this is definitely one to do. I definitely always recommend it for somebody who is interested in those because it's breathtaking what they are able to do. Fun fact. I'm going to give you, I have a few tidbits. I'm just going to sprinkle in here. Um, (laughs) Did you know that 12% of Walt Disney World, that's enough for 3,000 football fields, Wow, is dedicated to gardens and maintain landscapes. That's 4,000 acres of greenery. And I think that's one of the things that's really cool about Epcot is that that's their ability to showcase it. And there's probably people working year-round on this one festival because it's just that outstanding. So then after the summer rush, you kind of start to transition in August. People start to head back to school. You find yourself in the Food and Wine Festival, which we already said is a huge festival. Usually it starts at the end of July, beginning of August, runs till about mid-November. And typically this is the most popular in terms of attendance for this festival. Um, It does host its own Run Disney event. So if you are a Run Disney person, you probably are aware of the Food and Wine Half Marathon that takes place usually at the beginning of November Right after the Halloween rush, this is a great time of the year. Um, my husband and I have done this event. Highly recommend. I'm actually considering Cannot wait to training do it. for this one. It's really, it's worth you, it. You guys told me about it. And I'm like, that would be a fun one. It and is. I remember it's been around for some time. And, and they have their own after party. Yes. That's which, that's really the reason why yeah, I want to do it. Which is really cool. 
Um, this festival offers the most amount of like global marketplaces. So it features different food from around the world outside of just the countries that are already there. You find Remy's Ratatouille Hide and Squeak and Scavenger Hunt, which I talked about. You have the Wine and Dine Half Marathon weekend. So for, if you're a foodie, if you're a wine, a beer drinker, you will definitely love this one. And I think a lot of the fun hype around this festival, with it being food, people just come out for this one. And then the last festival of the year is the Festival of the Holidays, which usually runs from mid-November till the end of December. And this one I just came back from, and it is just a core of different celebrations from around the world, kind of celebrating the holiday season. And this has holiday kitchens. So like I said, it has a lot of food that resembles what you might find in your home or around the world for holiday dinners. So for example... When we were just there, we had this wonderful, you know, selection of different foods, chocolate martinis. And um, one of the cool things that we had, it was like a, a dinner, like a turkey dinner, but it was turkey poutine in Canada. Ooh. It was fantastic. So a lot of those type of things that play into celebrations around the world and not just Christmas, right? A little bit of everything. Um, bon Natale. Bon Natale. And we actually got to watch in the United Kingdom where the British invasion play, they had an old school St. Nick delivering like, you know, these kind of like little speeches. And then when we went to France, France they had the French Santa and it was just really cool to see Papa those Noel. things. <laughs> and they have the Olaf's um, expeditions, the Avenger Hunt, so you can find them in the Olaf's. They have the World Showcase Storytellers, which is what I was just saying, the different um, Santa Clauses. You have a gospel R&B group called Joyful, and it's Joyful, a celebration of the season. One of my favorite things during this festival was going into the American Pavilion, sitting down for a second and listening to the Charles Dickens Christmas Carolers, which normally wow, is the Voices really of Liberty. But in that rotunda, the, the songs that they were singing, I felt like I was like transported, you know, to that time. It was just magnificent. Um, and not a lot of people might know about that. And that's really fun. They have holiday overlays at Living with the Land. So Living with the Land is a little boat ride throughout a lot of Epcot's gardens. And they're all decked out with Christmas lights and snowmen. Really fun to do. And then what a lot of people go to this festival for is the holiday cookie stroll, where you can what? purchase different cookies around the world, getting different stickers and stamps to get then a free cookie at the end. So By the who way, doesn't love a cookie stroll? That, I mean... I didn't even know about this and I'm, I'm, I want to go now just for the cookie stroll. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing too, year round that, that when you go to Epcot, if you have little ones, get them a kid cop pass. Yeah. Kid cop. Oh I got a kid cop pass as a grown adult because we, that's what we do to, to validate our drinking of each, each pavilion's beverage. We get a kid cop pass passport and we just stamp every time we drink at that country and the other game that we play is just uh, learning how to toast, how to do, do cheers in each country's language. So, yeah. just so that, you know, it really, there's so much to learn and experience there because one thing I remember from my time when I was at the parks, it was uh, a lot of these cast members are from those countries. Correct. So they are. And if you look at the badges, mm -hmm. it will say very often where they're from. We popped into France to get this really cool, it was like a cookie it was a macaroon with ice cream in it my friend Yum. adrian got it and it was delicious and all of the people were from france like it's just amazing so 
So this festival, definitely schedule a full day in the park because there's so much to do and see. Finishing off the night, though, with the candlelight processional is the ultimate Christmas treat. Um, it features ultimate, according to Amy Boutet. Yes, this is, this is it. I there's a lot of is, there's a lot of ultimates, but this is I it. I think this is if you. I needed to feel the Christmas spirit, and I felt it. I really <laughs> did. So the they have different celebrity readers for each of the different candlelight processionals. Um, so people like Neil Patrick Harris, John Stamos, Josh Gad, John Stamos, really great. We got to see Marley Matlin, who was fantastic. And they have all these Disney singers and Disney musicians. And I was just amazed by the sound quality and the professionalism of these performers. And I love performance. So for me, that was amazing. And we got ours as a part of the dining package. And so we got a great meal ahead of time. We went to Rosen Crown in the United Kingdom. And then we had we head over to the American Pavilion where we had VIP or, you know, reserved seating Ooh, for fancy. us. Um, that was included with our dinner, our dining package. So like, oh, nice. why it's wouldn't nice you, right. yeah, why wouldn't you do that? So that is the last festival of the year. So like I said, there's four different festivals. Now it might seem like, Amy, there, there's a festival every day and it does feel like that, but um, there are some days that aren't a part of the festival. So just make sure you check those things ahead of time. Check the calendar of events. If you're using a travel expert like myself, we will let <laughs> you know whether or not there's a festival going on because the dates do change year to year. Um, and they will definitely be busier on the weekends because locals will come out to those festivals. So I always try to tell my clients, avoid Epcot on a Friday night, Saturday or Sunday, because it's just going to be busier. Get it in the middle of the week. Yes. Also, the first and last day of the festivals usually tend to be busier. A lot of people are there, you know, to experience the festival and be able to, you know, put it out on social media. So you're going to see an influx on those days. As a reminder, these festivals do not cost you extra money. They are included in the price of your admission at Epcot. So if you are going into Epcot for the day, you do not need to pay extra to enjoy these festivals. Um, and make sure that if you do want to prioritize certain rides or certain experiences, understand that you know things are limited. So give yourself grace, give yourself the timing to be able to do what you need to do. Epcot does have limited seating. So a lot of these booths and these food pavilions don't have benches or tables. So don't be surprised if you are eating your food on a trash can. <laughs> it is an Epcot it's thing. Packed. It is. You've been packed. warned. You've been warned. You might need to eat your food in a very non-traditional way. However, the recent addition to Epcot is where they have created a Walt statue. Um, he's kind of in between. So Oh, I haven't seen this. There's a new there's a new Moana exhibit. Highly recommend that. But then kind of right in front of Spaceship Earth facing the world showcase is this kind of seated Walt Disney that you can take a picture with. But in front of that are all these like benches and tables. So there are seating. It's just not usually around the world showcase because that's meant for those worlds. Mm -hmm. um, so just be aware that it is going to be busy and you might need to navigate through a little bit of creative eating on a trash can. We've all done it. You got to no do harm. what you got to do. No harm. So yeah, that's a little bit about the festivals. I, I thought this was really great to kind of start off end December, start January off with. So if you are headed to the parks, you can learn more. And obviously, if you follow us on social media, you can message me for more questions or you can write in questions for us and that we can definitely either answer on the podcast or get you a quicker answer if you are looking for something. Speaking of questions... Yes. I got another trivia question for you. All but right, before, what do we got? Before we do that, 
before we do that, we have a, an error that we need to amend. It's no longer Martin Short. And just look this up. The, the 360 degree what is it? Canada far and wide experience. It's only two 360 degree film experiences. It's in, Which in Canada. Which was first at Disney. Right. And yeah. it's in Canada and China that yep. have that distinction. And it's not Martin it's Short? It's not Martin Short anymore. It's now, it? it's now Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy. I've been, it's been a while since I'm going to, once again, as we noted, I'm a little dated on some of my references of the parks, but it's no longer Martin Short. It's Catherine O'Hara of, of, of Schitt's Creek fame and well, of many famous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean. Uh, Best in show. Yes. SCTV. I mean, everyone remembers them originally from SCTV and, and a, a Canadian export as well. But yeah, I, I just, I'm, I, I feel like uh, Robin Williams and Jumanji. What year is it? What what have oh they done? What happened to Martin Short? He's still a household name, right? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, <laughs> only Murders in the Building, a podcast. <laughs> a podcast. No, I know it's ever going to listen to podcasts. That is crazy to me. Interesting. Okay. I mean, that's a good oh, update. That's, that's a, good update a great for, fun fact. For those, for those that's two. That's a fun fact for sure. Um, also, if you're for the adults here, if you're doing drink around the world, don't don't let Amy sway you. Start in Canada. <laughs> You build up. You build up. I know. I'm you, afraid I would be too drunk by the time. I, I love the margaritas the in Mexico. That's the point. That's the point. And then you have the margarita at La Cava de Tequila. Yeah. Which is my, that's my spot. I love that spot. But you end the, end the night off there. Uh, and then you go on the, on the Three Amigos ride. Oh, so much fun. Another boat ride. Well, and then. <laughs> a lot of boat And then you cap it off with Test Ride. Oh, well, that's really pushing it. I don't know. I don't know if I could suggest that's, that. That's for, for the hardcore uh, yeah. park attendees. But. Yeah, some little tidbits. And I told you I had more trivia questions. Oh, okay. Right. So we're gonna transition out of the big buzz. We're gonna get to No, some... no, no. This is this still this Epcot. Is part of the Epcot? This is still Epcot. Okay, all this right. Still Epcot. All right. So I mentioned the eleven plus one pavilions that are showcased yep. in the world showcase, the, the countries, eleven countries to be exact. But in nineteen seventy-seven, when they were first pitching the idea of Epcot to the world, this think back in nineteen seventies, Walt Disney World. Just come into fruition. Magic Kingdom, just a big, huge thing. Uh, Walt Disney Imagineering, Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company tried to court these countries to come and, and be a part of this, to provide some funding and also be a part of what yeah. Epcot was meant to be. There were 14 original pitch countries. Can you name any of them? Some of these, they, they surprised me. So Are they all currently countries? Um, well, one is still a country, but not really. And the other one is no longer. Well, it's, it's yeah, one of them is still there. It was Russia, one option. Russia was one. The okay. US, back then, the which, USSR. Which is surprising to me since the Cold War was going on. But okay, it Russia. Was, but in the spirit of almost, I always think of Epcot as like, it's a small world in, in the real world. Yeah, it's, okay. it's a nice so celebration it, it, yeah, of, of cultures of, of all, of everybody. So USSR say, was one of them. Okay, I would say one thing that's not represented currently is like, the Pacific, so I'm thinking Australia. Boom. Okay. You got one. Um, I feel like always there's like a food booth like that represents like. By the way, you're thinking Pacifica, right? Like the, think the one, Philippines. There's one more. Wow, that's three you've got. I think that they're one of the. I'll food give you. Booths. I'll give you a hint. There's another Pacific nation. Oh, New Zealand. Yes. New look Zealand. at you. That's four out of the fourteen. I'm really good at geography. Um, I can see that. And is there another? Is that? Is there another European nation? Oh, there's a few. Um, All right, I'll, I'll do this. How about okay. this? I'll exclude the ones that are already there. Okay. So 
just for uh, just to speed things up a bit, but you'll probably get them. Germany was one of the original yeah. ones. Italy. Uh, Italy was one of them. Mexico was one of them. And that's about it. And then we have one, two, three. The UK? Oh, I'm sorry. UK was uh-huh. also. So that's five. So we have left over one, two, three, four, five countries. Okay. Well, we don't have anything really from South America. So I'm thinking like Brazil or Venezuela. Boom. Venezuela. There. Venezuela was one. Good job. You're, you're, you are you are rocking this. Um. So France wasn't an original Mm-mm. idea, but then if you're looking at neighboring countries of France, Spain, Belgium, Netherlands. Belgium. Okay. And then, oh my goodness. Like is India or Turkey, anything like Middle East area? Not one of the original ones. Uh, Egypt? Nope. I don't know. Have we, well, hit, have we hit all the ones in Asia? Okay, there's a booth for Israel. Israel was one. Okay. I don't... Another Mediterranean country. That's not Italy. Greece? Greece. Yeah. That, but see, like, a lot of these are food booths at Food and Wine. Because they're they're rich in culture, so... That's interesting. Give up with another two? Yeah, what's the other ones? Denmark and Romania. Denmark and Ro- Romania, I would have never gotten. Yeah, that was that, that was, was a, that's a that's a. Some of the other ones that started that they started reaching out to shortly after that were mm-hmm. Japan, mm-hmm. Pakistan, and Poland. Okay. So and then obviously you know which more. one I think would be like I mean I think like let's even play, getting let's play, like Cuba, let's play Imagineer. Well, like Cuban food, just because it's such <laughs> an influence in Florida. No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm Cuban myself, and the joke that my fellow South Floridians and I, fellow Cuban Americans, would say is that the pavilion has to be in the middle of the World Showcase oh. Lagoon, and you'd have to go on a boat to the island in the to middle. To get there? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking I would love like it. famous I'm, food. Like, I would love it. Is there Indian. food and wine? I don't know if there is. I don't pavilion? think there is. I would love to see it in India. Yes. Like Indian food is so popular. I feel like that would be really interesting to have. I mean, I love Morocco. And do you know that I have to stop at Morocco for their bread? There like, is a, like there non? is a, there is like a non Ooh. like sample platter. And actually one of my friends, Stacy turned me onto this two years ago and for, I now have to stop. For there. me, it's the baklava. The, the baklava, baklava that they have there is, is I mean, yeah. baklava in general is great, but they the have there, a sangria flight there too. Mm. And in the back, you can meet Princess Jasmine. That's right. And she usually in, has a very short wait time. Yes. In the bazaar, you got to go yep, in the back, back. and, oh, and, so and Aladdin cool. too. And Aladdin. Yeah. I'm not I want Jasmine. Well, she's one of the princes, but yes. Aladdin, there's no movie without Aladdin. There's no street True. rat, riff she's rat. Just, she's the best. She's your wife's favorite. That's right. Yeah. That's why I married her. Um. So, I mean, that that to me, the food alone in Epcot, and it's funny. I was, yeah, is there is there a dish in Epcot that you must have? I really do enjoy the pizza in Italy. Mm-hmm. The the water that is used to make the pizza dough is is true to Italy. Really? Like it is. It's something with like whether the dough or the water that's used, but the the bread the the pizza there is amazing. And that's seen a lot because I'm from Buffalo and pizza is really big here. But I like the authentic pizza from Italy. I have to stop in Mexico for a margarita and or <laughs> empanada or nachos. I have to get there. Um, okay. Usually, my husband will always stop in China for either we'll do like the wontons or a yep. dumpling. He'll usually stop for that. You go to for me Germany. We usually get a beer. Funny, most of my most of my stops are alcohol related. Alcohol related. The yeah. limoncello, limoncello in Italy yes. is is divine. Yes. So the first time I had limoncello was there. Oh. Um, I mean, like I, 
La Cava de, de tequila. Champagne. Oh, the, the Grey Goose and yeah. Grand Marnier frozen drinks mm-hmm. in the middle of summer. There's nothing better than that. And I was very happy at Rose and Crown with their food there. So I, I've gone to London a few times and I felt like the food in Rose and Crown was very authentic to. Well, and you've got the, the uh, you've got the um, the crazy hat ladies there. The pianist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's amazing. Plays some fantastic tunes. She can, she plays her butt off. She's well, great. All, yeah. I mean, all the entertainment <clears throat> in Epcot, like I said, definitely plan for a full day in Epcot. Everybody thinks like, like you said, it is a great park hopping option. But if you really like to eat and drink and be entertained, I feel like there's so much to do there that you can really stay busy um, throughout the parks. And even with now Cosmic Rewind, Test Track, you have Mission Space, you have Soren, you have now the Moana exhibit, you have so much. And we didn't even talk about Spaceship Earth, which is like, everybody thinks it's just this oh, giant Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll talk about we'll Spaceship talk about Earth. It, but... By the way, um, if you're a shopper like me or window shopper, I'd stay away from the Japan. Uh, I think it's like the the Mitsukoshi. I think that I, I hit that up. The Mitsukoshi merchandise store is it's dangerous for me because as a lover, as a lover and purveyor of Japanese culture, I mean that's where I bought a kimono at. <laughs> um, at the time, I was dating. I was dating. I have a little jade Buddha from there. Do oh, yes. there you go. I, I got it on a trip with my friend. Kevin. I was dating a young lady at the time when I was working as a cast member, and I bought her a pearl from the oh, pearl, tank. pearl tank. There's a pearl tank with with yeah. um with clams. You, you pick which one you want. They'll open it, and there's a whole like little drum. This whole performance behind the, the choosing of the pearl, and it's just it's a really neat store. It's my favorite shopping yeah. experience in all the parks yeah. because of all the neat stuff that they have there from Japan. And I find that, and this is kind of like, uh a notification with Epcot, we might be talking about something and they might evolve it tomorrow. Like it is the fastest changing. Clearly, clearly they got rid of poor Martin Short. Well, and culturally, right. They are always updating things. So always be aware if you, if if we give you some misinformation, we apologize. It's always changing. It's always evolving. And there's so much to do there, Mm -hmm. which is, which is great. So that brings us to what are you buzzing about? What am I buzzing? What are you buzzing about? So what are you, this is kind of our segment where we talk about what is something right now in the Disney culture that's kind of got you excited or has you um, just buzzing. And for me, coming off of Christmas, I got a lot of wonderful Disney themed books. So I always tell people, if you are a book person, immerse yourself in some of the Disney culture. So right now I'm in the middle of Julie Andrews' biography, which I'm a huge Mary Poppins fan. So that one has been really interesting. I also got an amazing book called Women in Imagineering, which is about all of the female Disney Imagineers. I love learning about behind the scenes. One of my other favorite books that I didn't get this Christmas, I got in a previous Christmas is Disney Wars, which is about kind of all of the different transactions that has happened through Disney. So I like to buzz about if you really love this before you go, give yourself some of those kind of like other means of learning about Disney so that when you get there, you can really immerse yourself in more than just a ride and understanding how it got there. So what are you buzzing about? For me, it's not a Disney entity or product or or something, but it greatly deals with it. There is a phenomenal YouTube series. Um, I love everything on the internet. Well, most everything on the internet. Uh, but one one thing in particular is a series of, of YouTube documentaries, um, vignettes, whatever you want to call them. Just a whole series of of clips that this one gentleman makes who has a, a pseudonym. It's not really his name, but this gentleman by the so-called name of Kevin Perjurer. 
he created a website called The Funk Land, and it covers a lot of what I love, just straight up nostalgia, old rides, rides that are no longer there, parks that are no longer there, just things of yesterday, and also some deep dives of current things, but taking a look at it back in the past. He recently came out with a almost 53, almost hour long documentary video per se uh, of Epcot. So very fitting we're talking about Epcot today because, and he does it with very few words. He acts out, there's a lot of acting out of of certain exchanges with Imagineers, so-called exchanges with, with Imagineers and some of the behind the scenes stuff that was going on in the creation and eventual evolution of Epcot. So really neat. Take a look at it if you can. There's some really good ones. Like I'm not gonna lie, I might I might regurgitate a fact or two from his stuff because <laughs> it's really good. But especially if we ever talk about uh, Discovery Island, yeah, you love that. I love you it. Love I love it. Love it's one of those it's one of those secrets, those Disney secrets that not a lot, a lot of people know about. Yeah. But there, someday we might venture into that. So Lorenzo has been teasing me all week with this trivia. Do you want to oh, give me my trivia are we, question? Dropping another trivia. The, I, I started tri- hosting trivia nights. I know. Uh, I love that uh, around here and in, in where we live. So when we started to kind of put together today's outline, he had this trivia question that I, I'm, I'm stunned. So at the end of the year, uh, we're recording this towards uh, the end of December. We're getting to 2024, which is crazy to fathom. Um, but on December 25th, 1963, 60 years ago, Walt Disney Pictures released, a, a, I think, a classic animated film within their, their stable of many classics. Can you name that movie? So I stumped, with I stumped clue, my wife. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to stump you. With animation. Like my first guess was Jungle Book, but I think Jungle Book came later. Jungle Book. I want to say it was 66, 68. Well, Jungle Book is the movie they were working on when, when Walt Disney passed away. 1967. Okay. So then let's say early 60s, 101 Dalmatians. Mm-mm. Alice in Wonderland. Nope. I'll give you one more. Robin Hood? What is it? Where was Robin Hood? I think Robin Hood was slightly before this. Or before that? It's often forgotten. It is Arthurian legend and lore, but it is it is a Disney classic in my book. The Sword in the Stone. Oh, my the gosh. The Sword in the Stone. How many people have gone behind the castle to pull it to pull it have you pulled it i have pulled it many a time wait you pulled it but i didn't pull it out i'm saying i tried no oh, see no 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 i Some, didn't pull it out this is another fun little uh, uh what would we call that moment then? that you can, you can experience attempting to pull <laughs> attempting the to pull, pull sword out of the stone uh no there's there's some people that actually have pulled it out if you haven't you have to really? be very you have to be uh i guess uh, uh royalty to pull it out but i guess there, there is a merlin merlin does frequent the magic kingdom yeah, well, he was a part of the Disneyland parade, and I he was amazing. I love Merlin. But him and uh and Archimedes. Yeah, the it, I haven't watched that one in forever. It's awesome. Mad Madam Mim, a fantastic yeah, villain. She's a great. All villain. the songs in that movie are are top notch bangers. Yeah. In and out, up and down. Yeah, that that's would be a fun one to rewatch. World go round. But Sixty cool, years. That's cool. A cool Disney Plus show if you're looking for one is called frank and ollie and it's mm-hmm. about the animators who made so many of those iconic movies i wouldn't doubt that they and were involved that in. is a really really fun one to 
look at. So that would kind of go along with that trivia question, which I love. We have a mailbag today. We have, oh, we have. A legit, like, mailbag All question right, so, came in. So a little peek behind the scenes. Last <laughs> week, our first debut mailbag. initial episode, uh, that was my wife that submitted that, that question. But this is, we have listeners now. We have now. listeners. This is amazing. We have a listener. So we have a question from one of our listeners, Mel. Um, she asks us if you're Wait, so wasn't, wasn't Martha Rodriguez. My, no, it was no, not your mom. No, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> she's a big fan. She left five stars. On, no. On oh, I love that. <laughs> no, this is a good, uh, a friend of mine who is a listener and had a question for Shout us. So if you're a Disney rookie, what are the top five things you need to see or do Oof. when you get there? And I think the mm. key word here is Disney rookie because yeah. I think I would cater a trip very differently. I know for me, that's one of the first things I ask my clients is like, you know, have you been there before? What are the top priorities of yours? So do you want to go first or should I go first? My top five or your top five? I think you have a better list. Okay. I'm not going to so lie. My... No, no, I'm going to say I'll start. Okay. All we'll, right. We'll, we'll end off on yours. Because... I love that, Lorenzo, you add something that a lot of people don't always go with, say which it. I think is unique. Say it. You're unique. You're, your Disney I'm, viewpoint is different than I'm mine. I'm a Disney fogey. I'm a Disney I fogey. It. I have... I have a very traditional list. Yes. My list differs greatly, I think, from yours, except for one thing that I had to like, actually, I scratched it off here. What did right. I? Oh, yeah. That, yep. That's a, that's got to be it. Uh, but there's so many things to add here. But if you're a first timer, there's certain things you have to do. And right at the top of it, I don't care if you're a rookie or you're a veteran, you have to go on the Mad Hatter Tea Party ride. So the spinny Yes, cups. the spinny cups, as they're informally known as. Uh, so it's just, it's one of the classic rides. I'm sorry, and and it's been often imitated, but never duplicated. You don't have the little uh, uh, Cheshire mouse mouse coming out from the middle, or you don't have all the crazy the lights, the, and the lights, and yeah. the songs, and yeah, teacup ride. Uh, number two, I think you got to find your favorite character, take a picture with them. I mean, any child, any big kid, you're gonna you're gonna have to find your character, and yeah. and it's gotta it's gotta happen. Maybe get an autograph or two. Uh, and I'd say next, you got to go with one of the classic rides, probably one of the mountains. And I think if you're going to Walt Disney World, was that the question? Walt Disney World? Because mm-hmm. you're a Walt Disney World rookie, yeah. You got to go to Space Mountain. One of the one of my favorite rides. One of ever. I think everyone's. Which is very different than the Space Mountain out in Disneyland. That's correct. I think <laughs> it's two very different rides. Slightly larger and longer. Track. This one you feel like you're going to die. Yes. On which I love. Or beheaded. Like it's dark and so you. I don't wasn't know. planning for this one, but fun fact: you know that Shaq used to be able to ride Space Mountain. Can't ride it now. Why is that? I don't know. Because he got taller. You think he got shorter? You can't. It's a the weight requirement. Oh, that's so bad. Because all right, I've done another. I'm gonna I'm gonna flex here too. Humble brag here. I've ro- I've gone on on Space Mountain with the lights on, and it's Ooh. and it's. I would say it's more terrifying than with the lights off because that that track above it it, it like intertwines. Yeah. And that track is for me. I'm five foot six. I'm I'm a hobbit. It's close. And I was like, oh, this is. This yeah, is dangerously close, but Shaq's ridden on it. And, oh my gosh. And he survived. I, so, but you can't ride on it now because he's a little too chunky. Yeah. Too many Papa John pizzas, I guess. I'm so sorry, Shaq, if you're listening. <laughs> What's up, big Shaq? Uh, and then Spaceship Earth. If you're in Epcot, to me, that ride, that attraction summarizes what the what the park is about and kind of the vision of, of Walt for the park was to have this, this place to exchange ideas to communicate to which is narrated by who 
Anthony Hopkins. No. Sir, ha- wait, have they changed Anthony Hopkins too? It's oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I got it. I got it. I remember it used to be Anthony Hopkins. Now it's Jeremy Irons. No. What? It's a woman, Dame no. Judy Dench. And she is phenomenal. I love them all, but I love them all. But wait, what happened to Jeremy Irons? Wait. I don't know. I, now I'm starting to. I just know it's Dame Judy Dench. I'm starting to have a Mandela effect. Was Anthony Hopkins the voice at some point? I know. I want to say he was. Jeremy Irons definitely was. He was before the voice of Scar. And then. You know what? I think I do remember being on it with Dame Judy Dench. She was, fin- she's, I, I mean, she's her. great. All those voices we mentioned are fantastic. Yeah. But they're iconic. They're, they're messing with my, my, <laughs> my mind here. All right. And then the last one, this was a veteran one, but I think you got to do it if you have the chance. The Contemporary Resort. I'm not saying to stay there. It would be nice if you can afford that. By all means, go for it. It's one of the signature resort hotels, but uh, go upstairs to the California Grill. It's a wonderful view of the Magic Kingdom. Go during the Magic Kingdom fireworks display. Uh, They pipe in the the music from the the show. You get a fantastic view of one of the best fireworks display. You see the castle. You see it all at a great distance from the park. You get to capture it all. And you get great food. Uh, California Grill is tops up. Oh, and then I like to do outside looking in. A little honorary mentions. Well, you talked about it tonight. Oh, yeah, I did. Drink around the world. Drink around the world. You got to do that. That's definitely a fun one. For adults. And for adults only. So my top five is my number five coming in five is Guardians of the Galaxy. It might be the best roller coaster I've ever been on. Um, Mm. I just think that it is one of those things that really is just really fun to ride. You have different songs every time you go on. So every time you go on, you could get a different song as your theme. So I really think that's great. My personal favorite is September um, for Guardians of the Galaxy. Coming in number four is going and either seeing the Epcot ball. If you want to go in Spaceship Earth, enjoy that as well. But I love to see the Epcot ball at night. It's lit up. Great photos. And I think it's just one of those iconic Disney emblems to go and enjoy. My number three is my favorite ride of all time, which is the Tower of Terror. I am obsessed with it. My son is obsessed with it. He may or may not have had his third birthday party themed around the Tower of Terror. We are <laughs> well that done, family. Mom. We well love done. it. Well done. And now is, you got to show him the show, yeah. and which is the ride yeah. from. Um, actually, I think though the show came after the ride. Wait, what? The ride was first, and then the show was the movie was. Oh, the movie! You're talking about the Disney Channel. Yes, not not. um, Now you're really messing with my head for a second. What? What? what I feel like I'm in the Twilight Twilight Zone. Zone, Yes, but Tower of Terror is definitely (laughs) my number three. Number two is riding the monorail. A personal Mm -hmm. favorite is trying to Uh, get up in the front. You had really good ones. Your list is far better than mine. And then. My number one is experiencing Cinderella's castle during the fireworks show. Uh, And if you really, really want to plus up as a Disney rookie, spend the money on the dessert party for the fireworks. You get better seating. You get to enjoy a cocktail. You get to enjoy some food. When did this happen? It, it's come, it's a really great experience. I always try to convince clients that like, if you want one of those just iconic moments, Get the dessert package for the Magic Kingdom fireworks. They are worth it 100%. And it will be a memory that you will have forever and ever. I love it. Um, so Jim, that's my top five. Wait, that's a uh, that's a solid top five. I I, I wanted to take Tower of Terror. I do this a lot, though. You already <laughs> had it. And you already had No, but I went more traditionalist. Yeah. One thing you didn't give an honorable mention to, but I think we both missed out on this one. And it's still there, right? Though in a different way now. In a different way. Yeah. 
It's the Main Street Electrical Parade. But now it's like now it's a water parade, yeah, right? Water pageantry is oh, but have but they not brought it out for like specific? It, I know they still do it at Disneyland. It's still done, and in Japan they they have well, yeah they have it all like. But I do love that if you're staying updated. at Wilderness Lodge, Polynesian, Contemporary, Grand Floridian, those are all great resorts to see that for sure. So you have to, you have to be there for the Main Street Electrical Parade. I, I got to be there. I got to be there that too. That was one of, that it's, was it's my one first of those parade. things that, hey, bring it back, Disney. Come on. We need it. Yeah. On, on, on Main Street, not on Water. I actually saw it in the last year of its run. So I, my 90, first, late my, my first time was 96. And so I got to see it. So ah. I, that is, and hence we use it as our intro because we love it so much. Oh, classic. But thank you so much, everybody, for listening tonight yes. to our show. By the way, if anyone wants to send in a mailbag, yes, mailbag. So we have an email. Bibbity boppity buzz podcast at gmail.com. We'll, I mean, we would spell it out, but just it's search, just, just search thing. the song. Bibbity boppity buzz podcast. Not the email, but the song. At gmail.com. Um, and feel free to follow me on my social media channel. I am at Amy, A-M-Y, plans adventures on Instagram. I love, would love new followers and you can come along and I take uh, my viewers into the parks a lot. So it's kind of fun to kind of see what we do. You're very active. Of our podcast. You are way too active, <laughs> I would say. Not hey, you keep doing you, but I love, I love it. it. I live vicariously through you, obviously, because I've been to the parks in forever. So definitely send in questions and follow yep. us on Instagram, and we can't wait for our next podcast. Episode one already, and we already have uh, listeners, avid listeners. Can I say avid? Yeah, yeah I think not? avid. Yeah. Thanks, for listeners. Yeah. Avid listeners. Have a great twenty rest of twenty twenty three, and onward to twenty twenty four. Here, here. So, I mean, I did look up our our confusion here, our, our, our factoid that we weren't too sure of. Uh, it was never Sir Anthony Hopkins. It was Jeremy Irons back in like 90s and, and 2000s, the aughts, as they call them. And now it's currently Dame Judi Dench. But do you know who the first one was that narrated Spaceship Earth? I didn't know this either. Mr. Walter Cronkite. Oh, that makes sense, though. The voice of America. That makes sense. Why is my Walter Cronkite Richard Nixon? I don't <laughs> Walter Cronkite. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Is it? Makes or sense. that the world looks or something? And that's like that. the way the world looks. I think that, yeah, I think you're right. Walter Cronkite, how about that? <laughs>